Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So today I'm with Ant. Ant, if you want to introduce yourself and tell us what your business is and does. Yeah, so my name is Ant and I'm the owner and founder of Relocations Worldwide. And we are a removals and storage company. Um, we don't just do local moves. We do moves to the UK and, and worldwide. Okay. So how long ago did you start that? So we started that in 2010. So we're coming up to our 11th year now. Yep. And um, yeah, it's surprising how time flies, you know? Yeah, that's it. Can I ask how old you are, Ant? Don't mind. I'm 34. So I was quite a young lad, really, looking back when I started out. <laughs> Uh, what were you doing before you started relocations? So I was always in the moving industry anyway. I worked with a moving company over here. I, I can say the name. I was working for White and Company. I started working for them as soon as I left school. So I left school at 15 and I worked for them straight away. So I worked on the vans for about six years and then I got sort of promoted up to the office when I was about 21. Okay, so what, what made you start your own business up? I think I was just, I'd learned so much at White. I was the assistant manager there with the plan of being the manager. But I kind of felt like it's such a massive brand and they've already done, although I'd learned quite a lot and it was challenging, at the same time it was it was easy as well. And I yep. wanted to sort of test myself to see if I'd actually learned anything by going on my own if you know what I mean one thing being in a big office and that where the leads are flying in the phones ringing constantly but it's something completely different doing it on your own as you know so you you started your business um purely because you could see there there was like a, a gap in the market or was it through necessity it wasn't necessity it was more so I like the idea of being my own boss yeah um, you know, okay. I felt I could um, I could communicate things down to my staff quite well and things like that. So I wanted to try and improve upon what I'd learned, I suppose, is the, the best way I can explain it. Okay. So what you did know, it take for you to start your own business up? Did you have to invest in anything? So our, our first investment was just one vehicle. So that was all we had to start with. And um, storage space, you know, we were just renting it as we go, you know, and I kept my a good relationship with Whites and we, we worked together quite a lot all the way through. Okay. So how has that built up? How has that changed since day one? Yeah. So we started with one van. So now we've got sort of four vehicles and a storage facility as well. Yep. And we've got a team of six. Uh, Is that full-time staff? Yeah, they're full-timers. And then we've got casual people who come in as well. I mean, I call them casual, but they work with us all the time. You know, yeah. one of them's a fireman. Um, we've got a couple of, like, uni students who have done, like, three years with us. So okay. whenever they're, they've got some, you know, they're not at uni, that they're always working for us. And okay. it's really good, actually, because it's such a seasonal business Yeah, in the summer we've got like too much work and that's generally when they're off and in the winter when they're at uni we're kind of quite slow you know so is that down to being seasonal is that down to house sales being seasonal yeah. too yeah i think so yeah when i speak to estate agents they say they're usually busy eight weeks before us because it takes about eight weeks going through okay so they're usually busy like now sort of january just after christmas but then we won't start getting busy till around march time okay and uh, so you you travel backwards and forwards to the UK. Obviously, uh, it's probably been a bit difficult over the last year. What sort of challenges have you faced 
over the last year through COVID with people moving for, uh, to the UK? Yeah, so th- the challenge we've had is, is Guernsey. It's not the UK at all because we don't actually send our own staff and vehicles over. We've got a UK colleague that's based in Bournemouth and we yeah. work with them for like 10 years. So they handle all the UK side for us. We work as a partnership. So they collect the goods, yeah. put it in a container, take it to pool and then ship to Guernsey. And then we will deliver from the Guernsey Quay, the Guernsey Harbour, to yeah. the property. And vice versa and reverse. Yeah, They're all our customers, but we don't actually send our own vehicles and staff off island at all. Okay, so prior to COVID, so let's say 2019, what was a general sort of working day or week for you? What did that look like? For then, we were a team of 10 before COVID. We were were very busy. At 2019, we did up the business. Just going back a little bit, I started the business with a business partner. Yeah. And in 2017, he resigned okay. and then solely mine from there. So I kind of got that year out of the way, worked 2018. And 2019, we really upped our game, so to speak. We grew to a company, 10. What yeah. Can I ask why the partner resigned? Um, he resigned. It was personal reasons. And um, he lives in the UK now. Anyway, right. I think he just wanted a new challenge. You know, it was quite hard work what we were doing. And, and what we, what I'm still doing. But I think he just wanted a new challenge in the end. Okay. How many sort of hours would you work in a, in a week? So our, our team, they work eight till four. Okay. As you know, being self-employed, I'm always doing something. Yeah, the, <laughs> brain, the brain doesn't switch off. Eh? It's always phone calls, emails and ideas yeah. rushing through your head. Yeah, so I, I'm always working. I, I don't even want to think about how many hours I work a week. <laughs> <laughs> I do, do you, enjoy it as well, you know. I enjoy that. I enjoy that about it. I think, you know, I think I'd be a bit lost without. I've done it for so long now. I just um, you you've got it. kids as well, haven't you? Yeah. How, how yeah, many kids so have you got? I've got two. So I've got one who's fifteen. Yeah. And then one who's four. So there's a big age gap. Because your your older one's actually working. I was surprised to hear that because to me you seem too young to have a nipper that's actually at work already. Yeah. Because I, I asked you about coming on. Well. Yeah, I said, um, we'll, we'll go on at such and such time. You said you were just dropping the nipper off to, to work at the co-op. So that that's good. I mean, your your son's already picked up your work ethic. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, really proud of him. Yeah, he's been working there for about a year now. Yeah, I only dropped him off because it was raining. He, he's usually got his bike, but, you know, yeah. I thought I'd drop him off because he's just going to get soaked. He's doing a, a, an eight-hour shift today. So, yeah, it's good that he's picked that up. I mean, my family, they've all been like good work as I pick that up you know my brother works crazy hours um my yeah. nephew and dad and my sister all of us do that's good does the nipper ever help you at work not at the moment but I think he's he's planning on to yeah probably this year you know I was sort of 15 when I started doing bits and bobs so yeah. um yeah we, we have mentioned it and talked about it and a couple of his friends as well because because what I do with my casual workers we only get them sort of you know carrying the boxes and doing the things that if you're able-bodied you can sort yeah. of do it and my yeah. full-timers they're the ones who have got you know the skills and yeah. they can look after the customers and do the more technical things like dismantling the beds and reassembly of wardrobes and things like that and okay. making sure everything's safe you know so that, that's something I was thinking to ask, and it, it almost sounds like a silly question, but it's it, it's interesting to find out. But is there any sort of training for uh, what you do, like lifting delicate things through a house to make sure that you don't damage anything? There isn't really. You know, you, you can get 
there is training programs in the UK, but of course, being in Guernsey, you've got a, you've got that expense of getting them over there, having yeah. a train and hotels or the rest of it. It doesn't really justify it. So we try and do our own in-house training. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I've got quite a lot of that that I've sort of created myself. I, I just had a thought. You you've got the old uh, you've got a fireman that's helping you out. Would they ever let you rent the uh, tower they've got for for practicing carrying up and down the stairs? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure about that. I mean, he loves. He seems to like it. You know, um, I think he's yeah he's saving for a property of his own, so he comes in oh, yeah. all the time. You know, he's basically full time. His days when he's at the fire surface, he works there. That's good. <laughs> You said before about the weather, and the weather's been terrible for for weeks now, just constantly persisting it down. And I was just going to say, how does that affect your work? It's really difficult. That's a really good question, because it's really difficult to move in the rain. It's probably yeah. our enemy, to be honest, yeah. because we've got to try and park as close to the front door as possible. We, we do protect the entrance halls of um, people's houses, like the carpets and things, but we don't have this material to cover the entire house yeah and because it, it just takes too long and it, it's so much cost you know the customer's just not going to pay for it so you know trying to keep their carpets clean and everything like that is really difficult and we can't take our shoes off because we're just not insured carrying heavy items down the stairs it's just dangerous as well and trying so what, to keep the what, backs of the vehicles dry and everything oh like yeah that, yeah so everything has to have sort of a, a specialised wrapping on it, I suppose, if it's raining. Yeah, yeah, we just try our best to, yeah, really get it out to the van quick and get it off quick and in, you know. So have you got any uh, horror stories of uh, any accidents or any any sort of things? Horror stories? <laughs> I'm trying to think of a horror story. I mean, like everyone... a piano that's fallen out the back of a lorry or something. It's, uh, yeah, damages something. You know, that's not something we're going to say we don't ever get any damages because that would just be untrue. You know, that's just yeah. part and parcel of lifting things, packing things away, putting it into yeah. a vehicle and out of a vehicle, you know. But we apply methods to minimize the risk of that. Yeah. We can. I remember I was packing um, some glassware once and the actual cupboard itself was glass shelves. Yeah. And, you know, like the pins for the shelves, yeah, yeah. you've got like pins that would hold it. Yeah. I didn't realize, but because it had loads of glasses on, but there was only three pins in this <laughs> glass. And I was packing the top shelf and I took a glass up as soon as the weight was yeah, gone. It flipped back on itself and went through the entire cabinet. You know, and I, I was cut everywhere. I had to go to A&E. So that mm. would always stick out. <laughs> yeah. So have you ever had obviously your job is um quite physical obviously it relies on your arms and legs have you, have you ever had an injury that's kept you away from work um surprisingly not really no no a lot of people say it's bad for your back and all the rest of it but in fact i think you know because you're using that muscle all the time it just seems to be strong yeah so i've never really had many issues with my back okay um, to be well, hopefully i haven't jinxed you now by asking that question and you saying i've never really <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it is a young man's game, though, I must admit, because, I mean, I'm only 34, and I try and keep myself quite fit. I help the guys on the lead-up to Christmas just to get us finished, and I, yeah. was, I was exhausted. <laughs> you know? You'll have to get that 15-year-old in the gym, then. There's your next yeah, generation. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, so, the boys, they work super hard. Yeah, that's good. 
your business obviously is now being affected like everybody else is here. I've, I've said it on every podcast, but in case anyone only listens to one and they're not in Guernsey and they don't know our situation, we've been clear of COVID almost completely since May last year, up until completely out of the blue last Saturday, there was a media briefing by our government where they told us we were going into an instant lockdown for a minimum of two weeks. And it's not going to end at two weeks. It's only going to be reviewed. So it's really interrupted a lot of people's work, a lot of people's income that they suffered through the last lockdown. Um, I can't even remember how long the last one was for. It was eight or 10 weeks, something like that. There's a lot of people that were trying to build their finances back up who are now back having problems. I mean, are you happy to talk about any challenges you've got right now? Yeah, yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, um, the lockdown, everything. Yeah, I was completely oblivious to it. I just woke up on Saturday, you know, and um, everyone was. <laughs> yeah, I was just sort of told, you know, suddenly we're going to go on lockdown again, and there it was, and and there we were. So yeah, I, I suppose the, the challenge we get is because of what we do. Our income is from house moves, and um, that's all our income really. You know, we get income for storage. But the yeah. storage rental that we got is basically it's just paying the rent on the storage facility yeah. and all the associated costs. So taking that away, all our staff's wages and that comes from booking house moves and servicing those moves. So yeah. now we can't do it effectively. Our income has come to it is at zero at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got that team, that core team of six, and I, I desperately want to keep them together because yeah. You know, they're my key, you know, team members. That's um, the problem a lot of businesses have got right now is we, because no one knows how long this is going to go on for, it's it's really tough. And it, it's uh, hopefully the, the states recognize that and, and help everybody properly to keep everyone stable, keep the workforce stable and, and keep people's businesses going because it's going to be of no benefit to the states to have a lot of businesses shut down, a lot of services stopped, a lot of people out of work. People want to go, basically, we want to get back and hit the ground running. But we, we need, yeah, we need the states on our side to do that. If you could say anything to the states, I keep saying the states, and I know there's, they, I've, I've seen the analytics, and there is people in the United States listening to this. And uh, when I say states, that's our government. They're called the states of Guernsey, so it's mm. probably confusing they people do, me yeah. saying that all yeah. the time. But yeah, if you if you were in our government and you could um, ask them to do anything that would make your business better, or some something that you recognise that you've identified that. If they did that, it, it would make um, business life easier here. Yeah, it's a really difficult question because, like, not knowing the whole thing as as they see it, you know, they see everyone's business. But yeah, you've asked like me for my business. I suppose I would just want to keep my team. I, I think that's my my main goal. Just want to make sure that they're properly, you know, getting their wages. You know, yeah. I, I know they're doing the co-funding thing uh, and everything, but. You know, as a business owner, the way I see it, and I might see it wrong, but, you know, you're getting the 80% of the minimum wage, is it? Yeah. And then you make up the rest, isn't it? But then you're still paying the, the tax and the social on yeah. that. And you don't know how long that's going to go on for. I mean, last year, you know, we weren't in, in a good position. We, we didn't expect this. So I had no choice and I had to make my team redundant last year. Yeah. You know, and this year i'm trying to fight and keep them on i've got a yard that i rent off of our government so i've got that cost continuing and i'm assuming that your um storage unit is is costing you still yeah yeah and and to be honest with you we were we, we were looking to be in the process of moving uh moving our storage unit 
in the next um, month or so. Okay. Like our, our entire storage uh, facility. So we can't do that now either. So we're sort of tied into this. And the reason we were moving is because the landlord was like going to double the rent. Yeah. And so we're, we're going to be stuck there and we don't know what's going to happen with that now neither because we're still in there and he could still double the rent, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so there's lots of like, uncertainty, but I'm, I'm sure everyone's in the same boat. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's very difficult for the States. I, I saw something today, like saying they're going to give a 2000 pound grant or something. And, you right, know, okay. I haven't seen possibly, that yet myself, so that must have only just come out. Yeah, possibly after the um March the first, I think. I mean I mean that's that's great. It's like it's generous of them and everything, but if you're in a warehouse that costs eighty grand a year, that yeah. two grand doesn't help you at all. No, it, so. it will help some people more than others or some businesses more than others, because you're gonna have self employed one man bands that whatever their business is, they've got no no sort of liabilities they might only go out uh they might be a painter for instance and they travel around in a little van and they'll get the same amount of grant as you and you've got um a warehouse to pay for as well and and lots yeah. of staff members to pay 20 percent of as well um so yeah it, it's fair what they've done what what they did with the grants last time I, i'm not 100 percent on what they're doing this time yet yeah it, it's fair what they've done because everybody's treated equally but they recently suggested, initially in last year, they said that the grants weren't repayable. So everyone, you, you just take that, do what you want with it for your business, chuck it into your business, keep it going. But um, some organisations obviously took that when three three thousand pounds just wouldn't have touched the side on on their uh, on their turnover, and they probably had big resources, big big funds in the bank where it wasn't really required and our, our government's saying, would you mind paying that back now? But it sort of puts pressure on the smaller people like us that thinking, well, if, the, if there are other people paying it back and we don't, then we're going to look like we're scrounging or whatever term people want to use. But that's not the case where Oz, that, that kept us going, that kept us alive, that kept our businesses alive, whereas some people took it when they don't, didn't really need it at all. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the, they deferred the um, quarterly returns last time as well. I mean, I, I found that helped because it gave you almost like six months. You yeah. Know, you know, like the quarter, I think they deferred, was it quarter two last time, I think. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, we paid everything on time because what I didn't want to do was have it in the back of my mind that I'd, I'd rather have had to go on begging on my knees to them for help when we ran out rather than have the tax the income tax charging us surcharges on on amounts that they said that you weren't two years ago and <laughs> yeah yeah assessed no. on, on two years previous when you might have done well that year and you, you've just got no income coming in and you, you're expected to pay that that's right but, yeah but we, we paid all that back as well which w was good you know so we just about to be honest we just about got ourselves back on track and into a good position really and then this sort of happens you know because that's the thing as well it's not like um businesses are going to go out of business just during lockdown and just after it, you're looking 10 months from now because that gives you you know not all of them recover straight away or they might hit the ground running but they're still trying to get this financial repair and you know you see businesses going out of business 10 months from now for sure because of you know at the moment but at the same time, it's just like, I don't really know what the answer is because, no. you know, the states are doing really well, you know, with the um, 
you know, it, it's dangerous out there at the same time, isn't it? So yeah, and the, the problem I can see now, and a lot of people will probably be thinking exactly the same, is we were really safe. We were enjoying it. Our life was normal. The only restrictions we had was people coming into the island had to do 14 days self-isolation. And they had a, a test yeah. on the 13th day. And if they were clear, they could go out into the community and en enjoy life, which a lot of places around the world haven't been able to do. But we're, no. what, what's happened now is last uh, Friday, I think it was, they had four people test positive just out of the blue with no, no obvious... Um, they, they weren't in inbound travelers or anything like that. So all of a sudden there's a, cluster, a little cluster of four people that have um, tested positive out of nowhere. And within a week it's gone up to, I think, 140 something. Yeah. So because everyone's been, everyone at that point was living a normal life still. So it was able to spread rapidly. Yeah, it's scary because we, we could get over this in a couple of weeks, maybe, maybe three or four weeks and we'll, we'll be back to work. But then what's stopping it happening again, you know, because we were still letting in, inbound travellers in on, on essential uh, working permits. So there's still that small opportunity for it to, to happen. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the 14 day isolation. And, um, you know, we've battled with that all year because we're moving people into the island. See, so, yeah. you know, once their goods arrive here and they arrive here themselves, we can't deliver until 14 days after they self-isolated. So, you know, because we're not allowed into their space neither, because we're going in, our, our moving teams will be going into the isolated space. Yeah. So, and that was classed as mingling. So, you know, we had to change our processes to tell our customers, look, let's get your goods over here. Let's deliver yeah. it into an empty house. And then you come along after, you know, and then you can isolate in your house. But, you know, we had to fight with that, you know, because a lot of people were sort of saying you know oh well we're okay you can come in you know yeah and I, I i really had to fight you know and really had to stand our ground say no look you could get an eight thousand pound fine and us yeah you know if you're moving to guernsey during this time it's just one of the things you've got to take into consideration i've seen personally uh groups of essential workers that have come over on a work permit that they all jump in the same hire car and they go from their work site to wherever they're staying and I just thought this this was at the point, this was like just over two weeks ago, I think. And this was when the new variants were coming out. And it was just when um, the Brazilian one, which was supposed to be even worse than the, the Kent one in the UK. And I thought, if we're taking it that serious, that people have got to have permits to come here and work, maybe the client that they're working for here should have to chaperone them. They get in their hire car, but someone has to drive along with them just to make sure they do go from A to B so that there's no, I mean, we are relying on only relying on trust and what's to stop someone just stopping off at the garage just to grab a drink or something on, on the way to their hotel room or wherever they're staying. Yeah. I just think that that'd be a, a little sensible measure. It wouldn't cost the States anything, but it, it just just someone just to make sure that there is no that there's no gap in our protection there yeah because like you say it only takes one or two and yeah, yeah. As, as you know from our perspective we didn't want to be the ones to you know send our moving team in to a you know a house that's self-isolating and then that's we we're effectively we brought it we spread it around the island really but we i think we need something stricter because this is what happens this is what happens the economy just shuts down again how many more times can this happen before we're all getting welfare and whatever else because that, that is the the reality of what will happen unless we have some stricter system that reduces the uh, the impact 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, yes. Okay, that was depressing. <laughs> but uh, if you um, if you've got anything else you wanted to add about your business, and um, sell yourself now. Sell myself now. Um, yeah. Well, like I say, obviously, you know, we're a moving company that's based in Guernsey, but we do, you know, we can move. We've got the capability to move you anywhere in the world, and um, you know, even if you're moving to Europe or overseas, we also work with a currency exchange provider. So for the proceeds of your house sale, you know, we can refer you to someone who can get you the best rates and, you know, save you up to four times the amount compared with your local bank. So although we're a moving company on the on the face of it, you know, there yeah. are a lot of things we can help with as well. You know, and, um, you know, I always say that what we're selling to people is not a moving service. We're actually selling reassurance because moving home, it's such an upheaval for people. Yeah. So, um, you know, I... I my, I've set my company up. We're just trying to reassure everyone, you know, who's moving home because it's so stressful. It's like the third stressful thing you can do in life, yeah. according to the stats behind death and divorce. And um, well, I should have asked this. I've asked other people, but during lockdown, are you, are you using your time towards your business for anything? Yeah. So what I'm trying to do, I'm just trying to learn some digital skills myself. Okay. Basically. And um, I'm trying to, you know, it, it's really hard trying to apply this to a moving business, but, you know, I, I've, I don't really see any other way of doing it. So I, I've got to learn some digital skills and see if we can somehow, you know, digitalize. You, you're never going to get away from the fact that you've got to send moving teams in to move the boxes yeah. and the furniture. Yeah. Maybe but, some but of the back off we can systematize you, you've just brought up a point which is why i'm doing these podcasts you, you're never going to get around the fact that you need people working with their hands here and and i see the states with their drive towards digital and and like you know upskilling and but we we need to remember us the people that go and get our go and get dirt under our fingernails if it's not for us we're the small cogs that, that keep the bigger cogs going and i know we're all grateful for the the bigger uh, industries that create the wealth here that we're um, servicing but what would happen if if there was no small businesses here everything would have to be imported and you you can't go on amazon and and say well i just want a, a house mover or i just want a painter or i just want a gardener we do need all those skills here and uh, it keeps the economy going. And one thing that I've done, um, I had a meeting with the GTA, the Guernsey Training Academy. Uh, they, they provide um, training for people. Um, I've asked them about the possibility of putting together an intensive short course, uh, like over a period of weeks, there'd be a, a session a week at some point, maybe even just online, where they teach us essential business skills. Because I'm not afraid to admit, I'm lacking a lot of the professional soft skills that a lot of people that go through larger corporations, they pick up, they get training, they pick up all the professionalism, basically, how to present themselves well, everything. And I lack that. And I'm sure other people might think that they do. They might not want to admit it. But I've, I've asked about them putting together a short course like that, and they are actually considering it. But obviously, with what's going on now, everything's sort of on the back burner. But I'm hoping that that, that will be... And it, I've, I've asked about it being free, provided free, as, as a gift for 
for our small businesses who it would benefit our businesses. We're all entrepreneurs. We're all making our own income. We're not relying on the states for anything at the moment. We're trying to get some more help. And, and this is just one small way of helping is and I've said this on another podcast as well. It's like, uh, give a man a fish, you, you, you feed him for a day, teach him how to fish. And it... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's really good. Cause I, yeah, I'm always, I'm all for learning new skills because I, I see it a lot with small business owner owners because, because I am one myself, but you know, I started a moving company cause I was good at, you know, moving, you know, and, and all the skills I learned, but I didn't, I wasn't a good business person you know i've had no, to that's learn that's, that's a completely different you know there's yeah. one thing and you see that a lot you know you see someone who's good at the technical aspect of their big job and then they kind of leave that job to work for themselves yeah but it's completely different because suddenly you, you're not the technician anymore you're now the business owner and, and um a lot of the time as well it's those soft skills it's communications and and how to present yourself and how to sound professional. This is something I've listened to in the past. The school, uh, the university, college, whatever it's called, Eton in the UK, it's an actual thing that they teach, but it's called oiling. And it's basically oiling the wheels and you're just charming people. And that, that's so you see a lot of people get on in business and in, in life. They've got no more skills than you other than being able to charm and being able to present well. And that, that is because we haven't come through uh, professional corporations where we're lacking. And that, that's the sort of thing that I'd like to learn more about and, and have courses. And if the states are listening, then I'm, I just hope they see it as a good idea, too. Yeah, it'd be good to do it. Yeah, especially like with the um, Guernsey, you know, behind it as well, because th- th- there's a lot of these courses online, but you don't quite know what you're going to get with them. You know, I've signed up to one or two and what, some of them are OK and some of them are a little bit, you know, not what you expected. And, and, and the other thing, Ant, like, when you find these resources online, a lot of the terms they're using, people are cost of looking at it, and it's it's just like you, you don't know what you're reading sometimes. It's like trying to decipher hieroglyphics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it'd be good to have like a Guernsey-based one, yeah, for like small Guernsey business owners. But anyway, um, I hope people have found this chat interesting. I'm, I'm, I appreciate you coming on. If anyone else wants to come on, they only need to drop me a line. I'm enjoying doing them, and I'm enjoying listening to them after as well because I'm not able to fully digest what, what's being spoken about while it's on. So um, I'll uh, I'll leave you in peace, Ant, to get on with your life, and uh, you might hear this online tonight. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for inviting me on, though. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying the content. I think it's really good. It's really fresh, and, um, yeah, it's good to hear. Nice one, Ant. Thank you very much, mate. See you later. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to Labour Force Chat and tune in next time. Cheers.